And they're off. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've tested off. this beforehand. Oh, uh, no, no mistakes. Can you do something afterhand? Is that when you do it? I'm going to move my mic. There's going to be a mistake. <laughs> do you think? I think you can what? do something I'm underhand. Underhand. Yeah, but that's not the same as yeah. beforehand. Like, it would it be after foot? I didn't do it beforehand. I did it after foot. I was really above foot on this deal. <laughs> <laughs> above the foot. Above the foot. English makes no goddamn sense. English doesn't make a damn like a sense at all. It's ridiculous. But let's, okay, let's be serious. We're professional <laughs> podcasters. We are? In the most professional sense possible. Only literally. <laughs> as you are fun to say. Uh, Even right, literally? So, uh, I mean, people have paid us oh, yeah, to I guess podcast. So, so. Right. There uh, you go. Makes me feel icky to think about it. People have paid me <laughs> to do this. Thank Suckers. you, by the way. <laughs> so this is what it feels like to have made it. This is it. <laughs> feels pretty good. This is it. We did it. We're living the dream. Yeah. Uh, anyway, patreon.com slash nothing to fear if you want to sign up. Mm. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Let's do this. Welcome, everybody, to Nothing to Fear, a weekly horror movie podcast hosted by me, Billy Schultz, and... And my two friends, Alex Wan and Luke Mason. Every week we watch a different horror movie and we are back after a little bit of a summer break. It is officially the spooky season. It is October at the time of listening. And let me be the the first on record, Luke, to say, hey, you should probably wake that guy up from Green Day. <laughs> so uh, that's just a little. <laughs> that joke will hit in a couple of months, huh? <laughs> sure will. Or when you hear this, so... <laughs> Exactly when you hear it. I just heard It'll it. It'll have it. Oh, yeah. It, it didn't yeah. hit as hard right now as it That's will. That's true. Yeah. yeah. What is he doing before September starts? Put me to Probably. bed before September <laughs> starts. I guess I mean, that would be. I mean, if he's got to sleep for the whole month, like he's probably, he's got a busy August, probably done a lot of summer stuff. You know, he just needs a little nap. September's such a beautiful month, though. Like, that's not the one I'd want to sleep through. He's Maybe November. Out. I would. I would. I'd, I'd sleep, sleep through. I like, would miss out August. Really? Too hot. Yeah, too hot. I don't Maybe March. Hot. I'd sleep through March. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I'd pick November. Okay. There you go. We've all got our months we'd sleep through. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the questions that we didn't answer. <laughs> ask us anything. <laughs> Which you've all heard by now, and it's was met with rounding success. Why don't we do our own Ask Me Anything? We'll ask ourselves the questions and then answer them. <laughs> Listen, I'll ask the questions here, mm-hmm. and then I'll also answer them. But anyway, no, it is October, um, and we have decided a wild take for this horror movie podcast. Halloween. Halloween. Watch, yeah, do all Halloween movies. No, no? not again. Okay. Mm. We're doing movies that I think, Luke, you picked this theme. <laughs> Actually scary movies. A little, cheeky, <laughs> a little cheekily on my part, I would say. <laughs> what, a, what a change of pace for us, but yes. Um, <laughs> That's what we're doing all this month in October. We're watching uh, movies that pr- that promise are scary and uh, not on the cheesy side. So mm. um, it, it was Alex, I believe, is your pick for mm-hmm. the month. Uh, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. We're not going to talk about the movie yet. How are how are both of you doing, Alex? How are you doing? How well, you doing? I was about to tell you what movie I picked, but I got rudely interrupted. But anyways, yes. I'm I'm doing well. Uh, you know, uh, summers. It's it's so hot here. It's so hot. Yeah, I have a, I have a buddy who flew to um, L.A. like mm-hmm. on the weekend, 
and it's it's hotter in Calgary than it is in Pasadena. Mm. Which what when we as a friend group were talking about it, we're like, that's crazy. And then the more we thought about it, it's like it's actually not as crazy if you think about it, because right now mm. we are getting more sunlight than Los sure. Angeles, right? Just it's a it's a science thing, bro. No re- no no big deal. It's uh you know the axis and you know the curvature of the Earth. But anyways, I think it's called axical tilt. The axical tilt. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 so hot, but I'm enjoying summer. I'm doing activities uh-huh, and uh-huh, things, uh-huh. and just trying to make the most of it before I have to go back to doing real work when school starts. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Uh, how are you doing, Luke? Well, I mean, there is a lot of sun here, but I don't think I ever get as much as in northern Sweden. So I would uh, watch out for that if you're going to, what was it, Herga? Helga? Trollhunter was last week. No, last month. I know. Last month. I'm I'm talking about Midsommar. Yeah, that was Norway. Luke's talking about Midsommar. That was a sunny movie. That movie was not on accident. That's for sure. <laughs> it was very. Hey, purposeful. how's your uh, how's your ultimate team doing? Yeah, I mean it's drop in, so it's like it's not like a league or anything. We just oh. play and make teams all the time. Yeah, it's fun. I mean August mm-hmm. is definitely the slow month. How do you how do you balance it then? Just by is it captain's memory? pick? No, we just show up with a white or a dark shirt, and you wear what is needed to make the teams the same number on each side. Oh, oh, fun. Yeah. Cool. But August has been a slower time. You know, people are on vacation or doing whatever. So we've had a lower mm-hmm. turnout. Mm-hmm. It's hot. It's been pretty hot here. But, you know, a lot less smoky this summer. So I've been grateful mm-hmm. for that. A little bit smoky right now, but not. There hasn't been a single day of smokiness that was anywhere close to kind of like the norm of last summer. So that's you mean the nice norm of the last five, six years. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, sure. Although I haven't lived in Nelson all those summers. So yeah, it's been well. I mean, I'm ready for summer camps to be done. So I guess when you hear this, mm-hmm. I will be very happy. <laughs> just just they will have been finished. <laughs> it's 11 straight weeks. And I have no time off because I am very much needed during the summer. So two weeks left of recording. I am. I am excited for that. I'm counting down nice. the days. Awesome. Awesome. I myself am... How are you, well. Billy? Uh, great. Thank you. Thank you for asking. So, Billy, how are you uh, doing? <laughs> Good. Yes, I'm doing well. Uh, as I mentioned off air at the time of recording, I am currently at the tail end of that pesky global pandemic that's been going around. Uh, got got the Rona, finally caught up to me after almost three years. So, it's been not the most ideal way to spend a week, but lemons to lemonade and all that Uh, Mm. it's been pretty good all things considered and i feel much better now i finally sound like myself again which was you know a little bullfrog voice would have been a nice treat for the listeners i'm sure but (laughs) i'm glad that my coughing is mostly under control and i don't have you know a crippling addiction to nyquil just yet but oh boy that shit's good (laughs) hey yeah, it's not bad. It means I can sleep at nighttime and knock off for an hour and a half. So yeah, thanks Nyquil. This uh, not sponsored by Nyquil. What do you get if you cross a Pokemon with a '90s rock band? I don't know. <laughs> Coughing and weezering. Coughing and weezering. <laughs> <laughs> I just made up that right now on the spot. 
Hey, Can you believe you it? <laughs> That's pretty good. I do believe it. it an ev- that joke was an evolution. <laughs> <laughs> I know coughing from Pokemon Snap. It's always chasing the Jigglypuff, and then if you hit it with a Pester mm-hmm. Ball, it goes away, and the Jigglypuff dances at the end of the cave level. Yeah. yeah. And coughing evolves into wheezing. So there's. Oh, really? I didn't even so. know that. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> that makes more go. sense now. Good joke, Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Luke. <laughs> but what does that have okay, to do with Weezer? <laughs> Ooh, uh, I think wheezing was play the drums for Weezer. Oh, yes. That's why they called it that. That's right. I forgot. Anyway, Alex, what movie are you watching for <laughs> Scary Movie Month? Weezer, the blue version. <laughs> that was a great album. In. The blue album, prefer, Pinkerton, and the green I album. I prefer uh, uh, Weezer Red because oh. Pokemon Red and Blue. Oh, that was not a very good album, though. No, it was. It was actually <laughs> a pretty disappointing album. But yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what was the question? You ask the question, I'll answer the uh, question. I don't understand the Is question, it- <laughs> and I refuse to answer it. <laughs> it's. It was how much does a banana cost, Michael? <laughs> 20 bucks. Uh, no. <laughs> Alex, we are watching scary movies for this horror right, movie right. podcast, and you picked it. Well, so what movie did okay. you kick this month off with? So all the like scary movies that I've heard of, right, I feel like we've done on this podcast already. So I had to, you know, I had to Google some stuff. I had to look around. I had to ask some questions. <laughs> and I, I mean, I personally didn't ask questions. I just... Uh, <laughs> Typed them looked, in. I, no, I look for people that ask the questions. Oh, so lots of what are some actually scary movie searches or <laughs> what are some scary movies you would recommend? And right. after parsing through a bunch of bullshit that we've already done, mm-hmm. I landed on, funnily enough, a found footage horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, so man, what a, what an Alex pick. Yeah. Yeah. You're uh, really taking over Luke's territory here. <laughs> yeah. So I picked Hell House LLC and, you know, just... Um, a lo- it came out in 2015, and it's a found footage movie, and a lot of people have lots of positive things to say about it, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, there were people that said it was scary, and <laughs> sure. I-, I-, I actually watched the trailer, and it intrigued me. Ooh, okay. So, okay. because, like, there was a lot of pressure to pick an actually scary movie, you know, <laughs> for the for the scary movie podcast. Especially to start it <laughs> off the month, Exactly, right? yeah. So, I-, I saw the trailer, and it looked... Very intriguing. So I was like, all right, fuck it. We ball. I picked it. That's, nice. the, yeah. Okay. But I've never heard about it before. I stumbled upon it through my searches. I don't, didn't know anything about it. But, you know, obviously I watched the trailer, so I knew the premise of the movie, which was, mm-hmm. you know, we're making a haunted house. And it's found and footage. Yeah. Documenting it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's 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 how I stumbled upon it. Cool. All right. I uh, had heard this movie. Not like I heard the audio of this movie, but I heard about this movie. I hadn't seen it. I kind of knew, again, yeah, found footage. It's a documentary of people making like a a walkthrough haunted house. And turns out there's some things that are not props. Ooh, ooh, spooky mystery. And that was all I knew about it. But it, you know, it did say there was, I read one thing that's maybe a spoiler for after, but... One of the reviews that I saw on this one was, and it's got a clown that'll be actually scary. No offense, Pennywise. <laughs> and <laughs> so, wow, suck it. I was like, okay, yeah, <laughs> roasted Pennywise. So that was that was it. I watched it, and yeah, I can't wait to talk about it. 
But what about you, Luke? You're the you're the found footage expert. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? First of all, how do you feel about Alex stepping on your toes? <laughs> and second, what do you know about Hell House LLC? No, no, no. It's it's you you got it all wrong, Billy. I've finally indoctrinated him. He's uh, drunk uh, enough uh, of the Kool-Aid that now he's one <laughs> of us. One of When are we getting matching tracksuits? A convert. He's a convert. <laughs> uh, there you go. Okay. Maybe a little surprisingly, given my penchant for these kind of things, I had never heard of this movie before at all. So wow, I knew that is a surprise. I knew zero things about it other than like, okay, so the title is Hell House. I think it will probably have something to do with demons and a house. And it did. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. <laughs> that was and a company. And a company. So, is it is it yeah. does it stand for limited liability? I, yes, I looked okay. that up, yeah. Limited liability yeah. company. I think it's like like one of those temporary licenses you get maybe for like a set period of time. Like your company is only going to exist for this period of time so you can legally make money mm-hmm. off of it. Right. And if, if anything bad happens to the company, like you get sued or you go bankrupt, it, it, it falls under the company and not the like individual that started it, right? Yeah, there's probably mm-hmm. some boring law around like what insurance and liabilities are for those kind of companies no i think we should right. go in depth on this um <laughs> let's continue that's the more interesting part well you know this this we need a we need a kim wexler for this i'd say we need we really do need a kim wexler for this <laughs> no <laughs> we take no liability <laughs> you you listen to this at your own risk <laughs> i knew i knew nothing about this film which was yeah, um, that's very surprising which was which was very yeah. pleasant going into it Mm -hmm. cool all right well uh i think on that note then we will dive into the trailer we'll we'll talk about it after uh there'll be spoilers abound and as always we do advise if you're worried about triggers to check out doesthedogdie.com and look up this movie and it'll sort of give you a rundown of what the the triggering parts are and that's a very good resource for those who need it but yeah here is the trailer and then we'll hear alex What happened that night at the Abaddon Hotel? What is that? It's everything. Sarah, have you watched those? No. So you have no idea what's on them. How beautiful is this? house. Wait, 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 there it is, there it is, there it is. Here we go. What was that? I don't know. You have heard the rumors about this. There are no rumors about this place. No rumors, we talked about this. It's supposed to be haunted. All right, dude, lock me in. Hold it. Gatsby. Hey man, how many freaks do we have? Three freaks. Oh, what's going on? Are you sure? It was when we started sleeping there that things started to change. I'm telling you, we have to call it off right now. This is, this is a long, 
little synopsis. Cool. Is that the singular of synopsis, or is it just synopsis either way? I think synopsis is the singular. What's the plural? Isn't synopsis it? Isn't, no, I think synopsis would be the plural, wouldn't it? Ah, uh, okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> Hell House LLC is a 2015 American found footage horror film written and directed by Stephen Cognetti and produced by FBI Films. Hands up. The film, shot as a documentary, follows a group of Halloween haunted house creators as they prepare for the 2009 opening of their popular haunted attraction, Hell House. Tragedy strikes on opening night when an unknown malfunction causes the death of 15 tourgoers and staff. The film reveals the lead-up to the tragedy and documenting what exactly went wrong that night, which has been a mystery to the public. Mm, and a big cover-up. Nobody knows. <laughs> so before you get into what you thought of it, 90% of my notes started with spooky, scary blank, because mm. that's like all the setup of this. It was like, oh, spooky, scary piano player, spooky, scary clowns, spooky, scary radio static. So that was the kind of mood I was in mm. taking these notes. So that's that's where this conversation is going. But anyway, Alex, what did you think about your pick? Was it scary, first of all? Did it scare you? Yeah, it did. This movie did scare me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think one of the big reasons I found it scary is I've had, not as a child, but actually quite recently as an adult, I've had very scary experiences with haunted houses. Oh, okay. And I would, well, maybe not haunted houses, plural. There was one that was particularly scary. It was actually when I was working. So it was for our teen programming back at our old job. And we took a bunch of kids to Red Deer for a haunted house that was in the mall and it's like a big fundraiser and it was super intricate really well made oh yeah 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 Yeah, but because i'm responsible for a bunch of children and i was terrified it was like (laughs) doubly worrying for me as i was going through it so that experience it was very scary and this movie brought back a lot of those memories (laughs) okay just because of like of you know like i've been through haunted houses there's like there's so much shit that people can do right like Mm-hmm. There's the actors and the puppets and and strobe lights and dark stuff. But then oh, there's like mist that goes on you. And then this particular haunted house I went to, there were two really scary things. The first one was completely pitch black, but it was pretty much like two giant gymnastic mats pushed together. And you had to crawl through as it was like pushing against you. You know, no, no, so no. it was like, like that. pitch black. You're completely claustrophobic. The walls are literally coming in on you and you got to get through to the other end. And it wasn't very long, far, like maybe like six feet at the most. But when it's like that, it's very scary. And then at the very end of this, it was like it was like a little wobbly bridge, like drawbridge with like chains on the side that you have to walk across. So you're already wobbling, but on the very end, there's this like spinning light of kaleidoscope. So you're going, you're, you're trying to walk through it and you're so dizzy. Oh, God. Yeah. So while like creepy shit's happening around you. And so I'm just like, yeah, I that was a very rough experience for me in a haunted house. And yeah, this movie, this movie reminded me of all that kind of bad times. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was very scared for, I wouldn't say most of this movie, but there were some parts that like, I, I was sitting with my knees up to my chin. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that that was the scare factor for me. There's knees to chin scary. Yeah. All right. What about you? What about you, Luke? How did you find this movie? Was it scary? It's such a simple idea, isn't it? Have a haunted house that's actually haunted. 
You know, like I once I thought about the premise is like, man, like every movie could do this. Like it's just right there, (laughs) right, right off the vine. But Mm -hmm. I just thought it was like a, 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 a simply genius setting. Yeah, this movie was scary. I had a few. It wasn't knees to chin. It was uh, Ranger, my dog, too close to my face, so I could watch it through his, the hairs on the top of his head. That was my Aww. that was my what safety blanket. Buddy. Ranger was my safety blanket for uh, watching this movie because there were definitely some creepy parts, especially towards the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think this movie is not perfect, but it was really enjoyable. And the it's one of those movies that the more I, I saw it a couple days ago, mm-hmm. and the more I think about it, the more I like it. There's just a mm. lot in it that I think is, you know, like you watch a movie and then afterwards you think about it, you're like, man, that's stupid. Or why, why did they do that? You know, that it doesn't occur to you when you're watching it, when you're like enveloped in the narrative. But once mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. reflect a little bit, you're like, eh. everything I reflect on this movie, I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, that was kind of cool. Well, that, I, OK, I see why that was that. Nice. You know, I mean, like I just. It's there's a straightforward scariness to this movie with the demons and then the satanic cult members, which I guess are also demons. Maybe sure, that's one of the things I liked about this movie is <laughs> it was very underexplained. <laughs> and oh, okay. So there was straightforward scares, but there also was like something Lovecraftian too about this, where it's like the outside of this building is not very big, and the mm. inside of it just goes on forever. And so there's like a disjunct between the indoor and the outdoor, which leaves you unsettled, which is that like you don't know really what to think about it. Lovecraftian element Mm -hmm. of horror, which and like the house itself is literally a labyrinth. Like there's only one way through it. (laughs) There's like no way to go into other rooms. It's just like a line through the whole house. So if you want to go to the basement, you actually have to walk through the whole house. I was like, why? Why is there no like most houses have more than one way to get to a room? So I just thought that was kind of funny. (laughs) <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I, I I enjoyed this film a lot. Other than like the trap that always seems to be set for found footage where it's like everyone in a found footage has to be overacting and a bit of an asshole. I was like, yep. why? Why is yeah, that Paul. what needs to happen in a found footage movie? Like you're so mm-hmm. clearly mm-hmm. over. Like you can't know the, fil- the camera's on you all the time. Why are you acting like this? Right. So, but yeah, mm. I enjoyed okay. it. Okay. Cool. I liked a lot of it. I was also very scared. My safety blanket was a literal blanket, but also my notebook mm, to cover yes. up up to 75% of my field of view at, at certain points because yeah, don't don't see the scary thing. One thing I recently heard somewhere that like if you're really scared of horror movies has been helpful to people watching horror movies and getting over that fear is just like to remind yourself that they're just making a little movie. They're just they're just, make, they're just friends making movies. This is just people making movies. <laughs> that's what and they so said I, about I, Ring. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's and then true. they died. And so I said that a couple times. It was very scary. I th- I think the inex- unexplained stuff for me rubbed me the wrong way in this movie, where I think you appreciated it, which is it was kind of how I felt about the first Cloverfield movie where you didn't know what was going on and that was the point because it was like I found footage and you're not going to get the answers and what if you were in in mm. that shoes and I was and yes that's more of a verisimilitude I guess real what would be happening if I was really there <laughs> but um I don't know what it means I just heard it somewhere Alex so Oh okay. Uh, I'll have to look Th- it up. Thank you for knowing what I was about to ask. <laughs> I don't know if I can define it. <laughs> uh I think it's just like seeming like real life on film, I think if I had to guess. 
I'll look it up after I'm done my point. But it means like um, it's a synonym for fidelity. How accurate it, uh, a thing portrays the original. Okay, there we go. Okay, thank you. So like I th- I think that that's cool and an immersive way to do it, but it also just as a movie goer where I'm just like. But I want my movies to answer my questions. Like I want, I want all the questions that they they posit to be answered by the end, or have like some way to find that answer. Because like, if if they had only been like they didn't answer what the haunted house was all about, fine. But then they also had this thing where they're like, oh well, did you hear about Alex? Oh well, did he not tell you? No, Alex didn't tell you. Oh, hmm. did he tell me? Yeah, he told me. Okay, and you're just like, what? Well, what? What what's going on? Like, and that's like a reason. Like, it's a whole reason for him to like keep going, and we don't get that answer, which is just it was just it left a little bit like a. Uh, I would have loved to have that answered. I but I assumed it was like, oh, company's not doing well, and Alex took a loan out in all of our names, and now you, uh, mm-hmm. like, if you, we don't make money on this, you're fucked as well. So you gotta stay. Well, uh, see, I thought it was like Alex is sick, and he's this is his last hell house, and he's got. The disease. Oh. He's not going to live till next Halloween. Like that's you know, but it was like there was no answer to that. Anyway, anyway, we'll we'll get into it. We'll dive into it. I'm sure that is all to say. Like it was very scary. Uh, the jump scares were good. That clown, yes, way more scary than Pennywise. <laughs> like I got it. Like get fucked, Pennywise. This <laughs> this clown wins hands down. Yeah, and yeah, like I think it fell into some tropes. I think it fell into some obvious things, especially at the very end with the like, oh, I'm staying in room 2C. Go to the front desk. We don't have a room 2C. <laughs> it's like, she's a ghost. Like, yeah, she's she's yeah. a ghost. Obviously, yeah, like, she's a ghost. You, you, <laughs> what are, you, you, you've talked about it before, Billy, but guessing the plot twist before it happens. Like, it was pretty clear from about halfway through the movie that this is an unreliable mm-hmm. witness that we're talking to throughout the film. Like why did why did you get all these tapes that you didn't give to the police when they were looking for them? I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. yeah okay. Exactly. Good enough for me. Like, <laughs> and this was like five years later, right? You know, for yeah. an investigative journalist, she didn't ask enough questions. She really didn't. <laughs> but uh, but all that to say is, yeah, it was it was fun and uh, it was very scary. So good pick for the first of the uh, scary movie month. Alex now the bar is set higher for me. So. <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> but yeah, uh let's so let's let's talk about it. Well, one thing that occurred to me when you were talking about the underexplainedness is that I think in one sense it is kind of straightforward what happens in this movie, right? Like it turns out that this Abaddon Hotel or the Hell House where they're where the setting of this haunted house that they're making, the mm-hmm. one Professor Professorson says Abaddon was yes. actually the demon that guarded hell, the gatekeeper of hell kind of thing. And mm-hmm. then with the uh, emergence of all of these, like, uh, what are they called? Pentaverets? No, what are the, what are those? The pent- pentagrams? Pen- pentagrams? Right? Yeah, pentagrams. With, the, with the pentagrams around and then the hooded figures and all of that and the demons. Like, this is obviously supposed to be mm-hmm. demons from hell and a satanic cult that is sacrificing people for their cult and that's what it is so even though it's not on camera very mm-hmm. much and only at the end like that's kind of what happens right like that's easy to piece yeah. together and mm-hmm. so what isn't explained is yeah some of that stuff with alex but also like are these demons or cult members like are they humans or are they 
supernatural yeah. entities that come back. I'm leaning towards them being supernatural entities because they can disappear and appear and like where were they hiding all the other times, <laughs> you know, that kind yeah. of thing. But that and so like we don't really it's the things that are unexplained are just posited. This is in mm-hmm. fact where <laughs> the gatekeeper of hell yeah. lives and these are people from hell celebrating mm-hmm. Satan. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> all right, why it's again why? elided. Because because um, demons. So, yeah. So, like, in a very literal sense, we know what happened. But yes, that's those, true. There's these lingering questions that other movies maybe would, and even other found footage movies, have more exposition about that this one kind of mm-hmm. leaves leaves you with, and it's and it's a little bit un unresolved. Mm-hmm. And I liked that feeling too because I, it's a similar feeling to how I got from just the experience of the camera going through this hotel. I more than once was like, wait a minute, is this room really beside this room? Like, I'm trying to like, you know, the shining rethink like this is an impossible house for how big how many different rooms there are and how big the rooms are versus how big the hotel is from the outside. So Mm -hmm. I kind of liked on the margins, the unresolvedness of that because it it matched the tone and the mood of of the film. But yeah, so that's, again, not to say that we got what was haunting Alex other than maybe like you could extend the metaphor of demons to like, he had his own demons, whatever that were, were haunting him as well. And like, there was a few characters who died later on after this. Mm -hmm. Right. And so like, does this satanic cult haunt you in some sort of literal sense again after? Right. So, right. That was all like in there. And, once you know, if you know a little bit of like the Satan lore, there are some like Easter eggs in this. The one that I really picked up on is that at at night, the one night, uh, I can't remember which night it was, but they were looking for whatever was making a disturbance. I really liked that feature too, by the way, is that you, you get the camera on and the characters are awake in the middle of the night, but you didn't hear the thing that woke them up yeah, because the camera the wasn't rolling. So, yeah, so yeah, you yeah. just kind of, but then the the clock chimes three, which is the Satan mm-hmm. hour in of course in Satanistic lore, because three p.m. is when allegedly Jesus died for our sins and saved us. So the opposite time is when Satan rises. So when the clock strikes three, I'm sure. like, oh, that's such a good little hell Easter egg for yeah for people. So anyway, I know I'm rambling a bit here, but there was there's just a, like a bunch of things like that that I enjoyed about mm-hmm. the film. Yeah, I thought it was very well constructed and very well like thought out like the 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 premise like so dead simple like you said Luke like <laughs> what if a haunted house but actually for real question yes. mark and they they did that and so I I really quite enjoyed how the the people in the the movie like the the people who are making this house by the way until I started learning the names it was four white guys and Sarah like that's just like because there was. Not a lot of diversity in this cast, I gotta say. Well, come um, on, it's, you know, it's rural New York. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but the fact that they've, like, this is clearly not their first Hell House. They've done this for years. They have, like, a, a kind of a, 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 a shtick going, right, where that's what they do. They find a place. They make it into a haunted house. People walk through it. It gets, like, big business. They make all their money on Halloween, and then they plan for the next year, right? So, like, the idea that they're setting all this stuff up and they're not scared of anything because they've done it so many times sort of lulls you the watcher into being like oh yeah i can see that they're not scared so i'm not scared and then so when like stuff starts freaking the pros out as it were you're just like oh okay i got to i got to pay attention and so 
I think they did a good job building that. But uh, like you said, with the uh, with the uh, with the cult stuff, there was a there was a couple scenes that I really laughed at, where it was like <laughs> a character would be like, "It's like they didn't hear about Andrew Tully." Long pause. Enough time for an audience member to ask, "Who's Andrew Tully?" <laughs> Cut to the professor. Who's Andrew Tully? You say. Well, here's who Andrew Tully was, and then it like goes into this explanation. Yeah, it's but I think like, those. Okay, I'm I'm willing to give the movie the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. in those scenes, as like they knew that they were doing it was kind of tongue in cheek. Exactly. Yeah, it was very like I mean, I over I over exaggerated a little bit, but it's it's still very much like enough time for someone to whisper record scratch. What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Andrew Tully, you say? Andrew Tully. Well, let me tell you all about Andrew Tully. And so, yeah, all that stuff you said, Luke. Great points. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> so, I mean, I just like there's so many cool things about this movie that are like not overwhelmingly cool, but just smart cool so i just thought it was a great mechanism to have demons in a place that's already been set up artificially haunted so you have Mm -hmm. these dummies or mannequins and it's like which one is which you know and it's like something as simple as that was so effective in the film in the cinematography Mm -hmm. of this because right what's so great about found footage if you can do it is that it's so unconventional in the lighting and the style and like what's actually on camera you don't have to center the subject of your narrative it can be in the corner of a shot right and so this movie just really mastered the what's that is that a thing Uh, i think that's Mm -hmm. a thing but it might just be the whatever victor guy playing the piano whoever that was right there was just you know, this movie was so good at making you try to find things that were scary Ooh. so that maybe you didn't notice other things that are like actually in the center of the frame or something like that. So I really yeah, enjoyed that. You're just like looking mechanism. in corners, looking in hallways, looking anywhere that's dark enough to hide a person. You're just like, or you're like, okay, Paul, look okay, behind you. Okay. It's behind you now. Paul. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Paul, let's talk about Paul. A, a trope I've I've noticed maybe in found footage is you know it does seem to unfavor the person who's running the camera hey like the the camera operators yeah paul here of course i can't remember his name but in that other one we did with the asylum oh grave encounters Encounters, yeah you know he he got fucked up i think the the camera guy in wreck you know he's he's the the first one to go yeah yeah or out of the two yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah, it's unfortunate, and I kind of like that—the trope of us like this is this is your way in, audience, and now the person who is who has the least or has the most amount of control, which is not a lot, now has none, and now you're like trapped. Mm-hmm. So it's just like if next time I uh, we pick a found footage movie, whoever's operating the camera, I'm gonna be like, ah, well, rest <laughs> in yeah. peace, man. Yep. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but make sure you get uh, everything although, before you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just keep that camera rolling. Yeah. I did not like how he was so gross, though. Yeah. I could have done without that. It was, I mean, 2009, whatever, but just like, Paul, man, I get it. You're a horny dude. Chill out. <laughs> like, it was it was too much where he was just like, oh, I'm going to film Sarah. You said I should film everything. It didn't mean mm-hmm. filming someone's ass without their consent, Paul. It didn't mean asking <laughs> if someone's going to be topless a hundred times, Paul. Like, yeah. fucking. Well, yeah, I felt, I felt that that was like a sloppily executed element of his character which makes him less less trustworthy and less reliable when he starts to report on yeah. these su- supernatural it's, phenomena yeah. it's the happening, easiest right? way to make him like just a dick 
Yeah, which is maybe not the most eloquent way you could have done it, but it added to the point of, yeah, Paul sucks. So when the haunts are happening to him, mm-hmm. like obviously the his 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 friends don't believe him or they think he's pranking, but I actually found because like I wish they made him a dick in a different way, like not mm-hmm. as so mm-hmm. grossly obvious, but like I think the scares happening to Paul affected me a mm-hmm. lot because yeah like that first scene where he's like just doing a walkthrough of the house and then he sees the the scary clown on the stairs and he thinks someone's playing a joke on him and then the clown turns his head when you hear yeah. the genuine fear in his voice and i'm like oh this this is a guy that probably likes to scare people or he likes to joke around and he does doesn't ever take anything serious but when mm-hmm. you hear that switch in emotion in his voice, I'm like, oh, shit, something's yeah. fucking going down if they, they got this guy <laughs> to act this way, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that that was, like, really effective in making the quote-unquote shitty character be the mm-hmm. one to get scared the most and, and to have to encounter all the weird things that were going on in the house. Which, like, yeah, you said you wish they made him a dick in a different way. Like, they could have made him, like, a boy who cries wolf right mm-hmm. type of thing where it's just like oh my god this thing's really scary come check this out and then like he's orchestrated a bunch of jump scares early on so that everyone's like man fuck you and your pranks paul we're yeah then he would have been uh the i don't know what his name is from friday the 13th part three <laughs> yes mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. S- sandy or something so, yeah, yeah something like that well but, you know what i'm you're right though. i mean that touches on one of my least favorite parts of this movie was how the characters interacted with paul and what he had on film to just like mm-hmm. always be assuming that it was him doing it. How'd you do that, Paul? Right? It's like, yeah, Paul has filmed things that are so impossible for him to have pulled off by himself as a prank. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. your go to and only option is prank, <laughs> right? Like, you, <laughs> yeah. like the incuriosity of these other people of what they're seeing on film that are genuinely scary things is all chalked up to, well, Alex really wants to get this haunted house done, so we got to do it. It's like, what? You, like, you guys, yeah. you guys are obtusely walking into hell right now, which maybe yeah. is the metaphor, which is maybe the metaphor. I don't know. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't, I was like, again, those are the things in movies where I'm just like, come on guys. Like he's, yeah. how did, how the fuck on one camera does he pull a clown up the stairs and then pull it back down? How did he do that? Right. You like, With, yeah. you didn't think to ask that at all. He has it on film. Anyway. Yeah, but or like very effective scares. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. That like I mean the one scene where he's showing them the footage of the clown on the stairs, and it just cuts mm-hmm. to like the next day or like immediately mm-hmm. afterwards, and no one else is asking questions. That was definitely yeah. probably the worst part of the movie, where it's like <laughs> yeah. you just so saw it happen. Reacting, right? Yeah. They like, weren't even reacting scared either. Like if if you don't think it's Paul, maybe you would at least be like, oh, maybe someone's breaking in and fucking with and us. And then. Tony, right. later, Tony has it on film, the, all the clowns looking at him. It's like, look at the goddamn thing I just filmed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ignoring no. the evidence, but, you know, yeah. very important in a found footage movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> uh, there's another scene with, like, a hallway full of what, what they call, there's a bunch of mannequins, they call them freaks. And there's a bunch of, like, a strobe that goes on, and it's just, like... There's three, and then there's four, and then there's three again, and then there's maybe like a fourth one in a different spot, and they're all just like, "Wait, did we have three or four? Do we have three? Do we have four? I don't know. I don't know." And then they're just like, "Okay, impossible to know. We don't do inventory, (laughs) right?" Like, (laughs) I mean, 
you brought some you brought stuff. This wasn't all there. I mean, they did, you know, were remarkably, you know, laissez faire about like, oh, there's like demon scissors in the basement and a whole bunch of Bibles. Score. <laughs> like that's just good frugality. Like, great, save a buck or two, but we can chalk inventory. it up to the metaphor of <laughs> Alex just ignoring the demons because of his obsession or whatever, right? Alex in the movie, I, I, not. I I would co-host. see. I I could kind of see it though. Like if if mm-hmm. your whole point, like if your job is to make a haunted house, and you find this creepy abandoned place, and it's like half the. I think they said it themselves. Like half the work's done for us. Yeah, that's a yeah, fucking sure. score, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they're like so lucky in yeah. terms of their thing, but also so unlucky because oopsie daisy portal to hell or whatever. <laughs> so shit. It's interesting you mentioned that you would have liked it to be explained a bit more, Billy. There's three Hell House LLC movies. So in the second one, <laughs> it's a trilogy I think now. They go, yeah, they, they go more into the lore of Andrew Tully, but the second and the third one are not very well received. Ah. So it's like, we explained it, but people don't like these movies as much. Hey, hang on, hang on, hang on. Sorry. The, the whole Andrew Tully stuff actually doesn't bother me. It's enough for you to be like, he was a cultist. He wants to do demon stuff. Cool. The the part that I wish was explained more was things when specifically it was the thing with Alex, where the reason that they kept Tony on board was because of something yeah. that did Alex tell you? Oh, he did tell me now. Okay, I guess I'll stay. And I'm just like, share with the class. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, I want I want to know that because- that gives a little bit more motivation as to why Alex is so ignorant of the real stuff that's happening. Never mind the stuff on tape that Paul is ca- catching, yeah. because that's damn above us. But also, like, his girlfriend, who he professes to love and care about, is acting completely abnormal and sleepwalking and talking backwards. <laughs> and he's just like, well, yeah. what are you going to do? Like, Demon's got a demon. <laughs> yeah, so... Like that stuff, I would have loved mm. to have them dive more in. Here's a here's a take on that. Maybe, maybe, maybe this won't be, be satisfying. But like, if there were to in fact be a found footage movie, like in real life, if we stumbled across something and it's like it purports to be a filming of real events, in all likelihood, there would be a lot of things not answered, right? And so I think there is some, dare I say, verisimilitude to ah, good the. Unresolved plot points. Yes. If it were to be, right? Like, again, if you picked up a camera off the street and saw something like this, you might have a number of things that maybe aren't as salient to the point as mm-hmm. whatever it was that made Tony stay. But you would have things just like, what What are they talking about? What is that about? It wouldn't be very coherent, actually. <laughs> right? So I think there is some element of that going on. I think this movie did enough smart things where it's like, it's doing that on purpose to you. Mm-hmm. And I agree, and I understand the point of the movie is I can still be annoyed that yeah. I didn't get my answer. Of course, right? and yeah. so it is annoying. Like, <laughs> it's just like because like Tony is so ready to go, right? Like <laughs> he's like, "Fuck you, I'm out of here." Yeah. And then it's like hard cut, and he's like, "So, I guess I'm gonna stay after all." In this like this nice field, like, he's just in a field. Why is he filming himself <laughs> in a field now? <laughs> yeah, so you're right. It, it, that is exactly how a found footage would be. You're not gonna get all the answers because they don't get it. But I can also hold the truth of that yeah. being annoying to totally. me, the watcher, who is like, hmm. Why are you staying, Tony? <laughs> Tony, smarten up. Yeah. I think I really like this style of found footage where it was like the documentary style, but lots more actual source material as well. Because mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. like out of all the found footage we've we've done, like 
only two of them have been documentary styles is uh, Lake Mungo and this one, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Big Mungo, yeah. big Mungo vibes on this yeah. one too. Yeah. So I, I really, I actually liked the whole, like the newscasts at the start, mm-hmm. the interviews with the the photographer and, and the, the YouTube uh, video, the author, the, the YouTube video of the, the tour goer, and then like actually looking through the tapes and then the final like investigative journalist going through. I, I really liked all those styles kind of meshed together. Mm-hmm. And it, it helped me not feel, dare I say, bored <laughs> with like <laughs> the regular mm-hmm. kind of found footage style, yeah. how mm-hmm. it kind of kept switching it up. And it gave lots of different narratives, which which I enjoyed different points of view as well. And I thought it, I thought it did it well in, in kind of flipping through different timelines and but still having a very coherent story. And, you know, still the main part of it was those tapes that Sarah brought with the original footage, but it was mm-hmm. still able to flip back and forth with with different different times yeah i thought that was an interesting mashup of like not just the idea of a found footage tape being like i found this tape and this is what's on this tape start to finish but like found footages almost Mm. where they have a bunch of different sources and a bunch of different things and i think this was maybe the first time we had like youtube in a found footage is that uh am i right in saying that like youtube videos and like the idea of like YouTube as a as a as a thing, uh, I guess you know for the time period two thousand nine is like yeah. this was filmed twenty fifteen. So oh, this was yeah, twenty fifteen, yeah, but it's set in two thousand nine. So, yeah, so. Yeah, right. yeah, it was cool. Yeah. YouTube's a thing. Yeah, yeah, different sources, more like kind of what it would be like now with if something like that happened, mm-hmm. everyone would have a phone down there, right? You couldn't you couldn't really set this as a cover-up story in 2022 because everyone's phone would be up filming those fucking cultists. Yeah, uh, the uh, electromagnetic fields would uh, cause the phones to turn off. That's true, yeah. Sorry, or or you know what? Welcome to Hell House, no phones allowed. So, like, yeah. Put, there, bags, put them on your bags type of thing. Like, speaking of that, there are some extraneous things in this movie that are, like, not really likely. Like, what? why are the cops covering this up exactly like are they so scared (laughs) that the people will know that there's a satanist cult operating like don't you think that's something that people should know are the cops like (laughs) under the thumb of satan like is this maybe why and 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 also like how would they know like i don't think the cops had access to any footage that showed like because this sarah the ghost demon just gives it to these people so presumably the cops haven't seen any of this all they've seen is the aftermath so they've seen that you know dead paul slicing his own throat it's like oh my gosh a a supernatural possession suicide we cannot tell the public about this okay hear hear me out hear me out (laughs) okay imagine you go investigate this 911 call you're a first responder you're Mm -hmm. firefighters ems police they're all there and you walk into this building and there's 15 dead people. Mm-hmm. One of them has like killed himself, but then everybody right. else like maybe they just drop dead and you don't know why. Mm-hmm. Right? Like mm-hmm. imagine this was like a like a like a Voldemort kind of a vat of cadavering everybody. It's just yeah. you just have 14 dead bodies and you just can't like they they go through like an autopsy. There's no medical yeah. explanation why they died. It's just like there's no evidence of like any how, how did mutilation. They die? Like, I don't, it doesn't say so like that's what i'm I'm assuming is like they just yeah. like they found 14 bodies that they just could not explain how they died i'm like, sure like, the trampled, fuck would you... like probably getting trampled some of them yeah, and, like, okay. crushed to get out and yeah and, but like, like maybe whatever. yeah maybe none of them died that way right maybe it's just 14 it's perfectly like the only thing wrong with them is that they're not breathing Alive. yeah yeah 
right? Like, how would you ever explain that? Uh, and I think that, like, the idea of the town wanting to cover that up is, it's like the, 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 the wariness of having of listening to a prophecy where if you hear it like you want to avoid it you end up like having it happen it's like we want to cover this up so people don't know and it doesn't become something the town talks about which then makes it the only thing the town talks about because <laughs> yeah. it's like now a mystery so i like, want to see yeah i want to see the version of this movie the sequel where the townspeople go and fight this cult like i want to i want them to royal rumble because yeah. that that'd be funny well yeah and it's just like what if this if this hotel is abandoned why hasn't it been demolished you know it's like the same thing where they're just like well we didn't we didn't demolish willie's wonderland because the demons inside said no thank you and they were just like okay fine like yeah. so maybe maybe, maybe the town town council yeah town yeah. council's in on the you know ritual sacrifices that's the most this logical thing goes all the way to the top yeah <laughs> but it just because like so much of the impulse of the narrative was based on the conspiracy right it was like mm -hmm. the reason we're even have this movie is because they're making a documentary about this conspiracy and cover-up mm -hmm. and i think i'm asking one question too many of this film but it's like why <laughs> would the terrestrial authorities be interested in making sure that evidence of ritualistic supernatural killings is not known and yeah. I think to not cause a panic is a very paltry reason, given that 15 people died, you yeah. know, and yeah. now what's going to happen now that there is this footage? Because that guy at the end, Mitch, he's he's got all this footage and he didn't die. Yeah. So so the world like we know about it because of the him, presumably. Right. So Thanks, Mitch. it just feels like a it felt like a plot mechanism, not a well, thing that yeah. would happen. Well, you know, I'm not scared because when the fuck am I going to Abaddon, New York? Yeah. Well, it's a fictional town, I read. That's true. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, like, the the whole thing is uh, brings back to the idea of the satanic panic mm -hmm. in the 80s and the idea that these Satanists are corrupting children and blah, 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 moral, sort of moral panic, the Christian right sort of in, up in arms. And you would think that if there was a actual evidence of S satan the devil <laughs> in these steps you know what could they want, want more <laughs> it, wouldn't they want to see that but also it helps them to leave it undefined because if they define it then suddenly there's like a bunch of stuff that they were calling satanism that doesn't fit into the satanism and then they can't like persecute anymore mm -hmm. the whole point of those like satanic panic thing is just like anything that wasn't like me is can fall under those sort of mm -hmm. pretenses so they don't actually want details they just want vague things for people to be scared about and that's i think way more than this movie was trying to do it you know, was just like the police covered it up because 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 we if this was a, if this was a much shittier movie it would have been the catholic church behind the conspiracy and they actually <laughs> summoned the sat they got the satanic <laughs> cult to summon demons so that they could prove that you know we can uh exercise, exercise demons yeah, yeah. but sure. then they weren't able to and the demons got out of control, and then they decided to cover it up even more because they're like, "Well, we can't have people know that demons exist, but we can't do shit about it." So it's a double cover up, you know? Yeah, we accidentally opened demolished the hotel though. <laughs> Abaddon's box. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, but but so okay on that on that topic though about the satanic call, I gotta say, the denouement of this film was so fucking good because mm -hmm. the whole 
impulse again of what we're from about like 15 minutes into the movie. We're like, what happened in the basement? Right. Like that, that thought is lingering because that original YouTube video is we see people who survived this running. We see the people running up the stairs from the basement. Something Mm -hmm. obviously happened. What happened? And so when we get it finally at the end, and it's not very long footage, and I guess it was that guy's head cam that we got, right? Mm-hmm. That Mac guy. So yeah. it's, you have these clowns, you have that Joey clown running, and you have these hooded mm-hmm. figures approaching. And there's going to be a few moments of uncanniness for the people watching this. Like, is this part of the haunted house or is it not? Again, that simple yeah. genius premise showing its colors in that moment. And it's not, mm-hmm. I guess like, man, the, the there are a few victims in this movie, but the biggest victim had to be that Melissa girl. Holy oh, that yeah. would suck. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I didn't see, maybe they stabbed her or bit her neck or something, but it wasn't until she was actually physically attacked by those mm-hmm. creatures that people started running. Right? Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was such a, like, I was, because the whole movie, I'm thinking, what's it going to be? What are we, because we're going to see it, right? We're going to see yeah. it eventually. What is it? And I just thought it was so good what it actually was. Yeah, I we actually watched it and, like, paused it and went back because it looks like Melissa disappears at one point. And oh. so she's, like, tied up to the altar. I, I went and did, went back and did, like, a little pause. So a little frame like, by frame. <laughs> they're in the they're in the basement. She's like chained up to the altar with her arms like across above her head, uh, in the like dummy little bracer that Joey has the keys for. And she's like, Joey, let me out, let me out. You have the key. He runs away. We see the hooded figures approach. It like blacks out. The tape is all scrambled. And when it cuts to again, she's on the other side of the room and she's in like a crucifix pose. Ah. So she's like standing on the other side and there's like the hooded people. And so it's like, how did she get from there locked up with her wrists tied where the only person who had a key is gone um, to over there unshackled and like now Satan, definitely Satan because demons. So like, yeah, that was really scary. But I have to I have to say the. The uh, I, that part got to a point where I was like, "Yes, we're gonna see this," and then like, it it went on for long enough to not be scary anymore again. Mm-hmm. Like that sort of thing that happened where it was like the the biggest scares again, not to spoil the spotum. Like the biggest scares in the movie, I think, happened before that. Totally, and the sort of climax of it being like I was just like, "Okay, yeah, there's more screaming." Yeah, running. yeah, yeah. It wasn't okay, it wasn't yeah, like yeah, yeah. terrifying, but I I thought. It did a great job of like atmospherically placing yourself to what it would have been like for the people in the basement watching this happen and why they pushed their way up the stairs. Because it's like Joey runs out because he knows that this is not part of the show, but the people don't know it's yeah. not part of the show. Right. And I like that. Again, that's a that's a uh, there's a Lovecraftian thread in this movie. It's like, what am I seeing? I don't I can't really mm-hmm. know what I'm seeing, uh, you know, in less haunting elements you know it's like you're at a carnival or like those old you know freak shows and you're like you're displaced you you don't have like a psychological mooring to know what you're experiencing and Mm -hmm. the horror element of that in that in the climax shots of this i i think really appealed to me from from Mm -hmm. a more lovecraftian side of things i'd say Go yeah, for it. yeah, fair. I I liked how they just like reshowed the original YouTube video that you saw at the start of the film and just recut yeah. it with the head cam footage. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that it was, was cool. like we've seen this before, but now it, it it reminded me a lot of um the like the the ending reveal of the Prestige 
where it's yeah. like mm. it's just scenes you've seen before but mm-hmm. from a different perspective that fill yeah. in gaps from a different point of, ex- of view yeah from a certain <laughs> point of view <laughs> i i i really enjoy movies that are able to make have something that we've seen at the start and yeah. reshow it in a different perspective that fills in gaps of missing information but done in a way that's not like yeah, yeah. that's not saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sets you up with the exact a number of questions that you want to answer. Where it's just like, "Oh man, what happened? Oh, this is like this is that," and then it's like, you know, it's the kind of the cliche of like record scratch freeze frame. I bet you're wondering how it got this way, and then it rewinds like eight weeks or whatever. So that's like cool. So the, the meta behind this is that this is a documentary styled found footage movie, right? Mm-hmm. So personally, like. If I was the director of a documentary that was covering this kind of event, that's exactly how I would want my film to be paced, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, whatever event I'm I'm showing and it's like, what, what, what really happened, you know, if we have original footage that everyone's seen and then we find out stuff that people have never seen before. Yeah. Me as a director, I'd be like, yeah, 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 we're going to show it all at the start mm-hmm. and then at the end we're going to splice them all together and that's how we get the answer to that. Like, yeah. it fit very well and it, like, really... <laughs> made me feel immersed in this documentary. Far be it for me to be crude on this podcast, but I loved how this movie edged its way to a climax. Mm. <laughs> Very good. Uh, yeah, it's just versa of didimlinium, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I wish uh I wish I hadn't let you finish your thought, Luke. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's not um, the only thing you finished. Oh it um hey was I going to say? No, like it, it just begs the question again of this universe where there are directors who make found footage movies, <laughs> like the type of person who's like, wow, 15 people died. I bet a lot of people are going to want to watch this movie. And it's mm. just like, what kind of person are you? <laughs> so, but that's like, again, you have to, you have, you cannot entertain that question at all because otherwise it's like, no, they the world's got to know, Billy. The world's got to know. It was a cover up. Like, look, it's a know. it's a twofer. You're exposing the truth. Why not do it in a narratively satisfying manner? That makes I'll money. Ex- <laughs> I'll expose the truth, but I might get paid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can, you know, you can walk and chew gum. Yep, do two things at once. <laughs> I let's let's talk a little bit about Sarah, who is the only girl in this movie, aside from the actors who like they're, they're the sacrifice. Would you say but, she's uh, the final girl? Mm. I get, well, I guess she would be the final girl if we if we understand that Melissa died early because. You know, spoiler alert, she was a ghost the whole, not the whole time, but the the whole interview. Are we willing to say ghost? I, I don't know, possessed demon. demon. She was bashed pretty badly, and she managed to not be bloody on the interview, but yeah. then when they go to her hotel room, she's all, like, scarred up and stuff, so I think Sarah, like... <sighs> I don't know. I, I kind of liked her. She kind of did some tropes where, she, you know, it was just like, we need someone to be like, I'm scared. And everyone else to be like, don't be scared. That's silly. And like, why not make it be the girlfriend? Because, you know, mm-hmm. couldn't have one of the guys objecting. That would be. I, I feel be like that was Paul, though. That was mostly Paul's rule, wasn't it? No, Paul was like just there to film stuff. Like Sarah was Sarah was there at the start to be like, guys, this is creepy. Why are we staying at the hotel? Like at the very start where they're oh, like right, right, right. Okay. you know, she's the only one who's like objecting to any of Alex's stuff because she's dating him. And he's just like, don't worry about it. And then, you know, there's a whole thing where she's talking in backwards speak and they're mm. all just like, well, don't need to investigate that. <laughs> Which we uh we looked up what she says 
And what she's saying in that scene where she's talking backwards is, when I got to the front door, the police were arriving, which is like what she says, I think, in the interview with Diane later. Mm. And so, like, I thought that was a huge missed opportunity to have them like, whoa, it sounds weird. Let's play it backwards and then have her say that. Like, that mean, means nothing to them, but then we get to see it in context mm-hmm. later being like, oh, shit, she, something was up the whole time. And, like, it's enough that she's speaking in reverse, but I thought it was a weird thing to, like, put that effort in and then not give us a reveal, mm. like, right away. I thought she was just saying, join the Navy. <laughs> no, <laughs> not, not that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like her character, there's, I guess, two Sarahs in this movie, her unpossessed and possessed one. and. The unpossessed one was kind of bland and felt very like just in the movie to have someone who it would make sense for this documentary crew to be. They needed a survivor. But possessed Sarah, I don't really know what to make of her because I don't really know what to make of the plan. Like, why are you giving these tapes away? Like, if you <laughs> if you need secrecy for your rituals, mm-hmm. why are you giving away the tapes that expose your rituals on them to like documentary people who know what to do with them to make it public knowledge like it just because demons it it felt it felt unnecessarily risky on the part of the demons and the uh, cultists to be given these and even like they have sarah being killed on tape by possessed paul and they haven't ritualistically killed whatever her name was diane or and and the other guy yet like yeah. What are you doing? Aren't you going to maybe scare them off? Like maybe they just want the thrill. I guess the demons what just if, want the thrill. What if what if Mitchell had watched that tape first yeah, instead of exactly. last? Exactly. Like mm. oh, oh, that's a huge risk you're playing, Sarah. Like unless she writes like don't watch this one till the very end. So, dot, dot, dot. I was <laughs> I was uncertain of the method of why the demons did it this way if they wanted to get, mm-hmm. you know, like if they wanted to kill these documentary crew makers. Uh, or, you know the sacrifice. I was so annoyed when she, when Diane's phone rang, and she's like, "Oh, it's Mitchell. I'll just call yeah. him back later. Just pick up the fucking phone." <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like that was that brings up part of the sort of the ending where I was just like, "Oh, there's still more movie after the reveal of the YouTube video," because I kind of thought it was going to end in the basement, yeah. and then they had this sort of like denouement where I was just like, "Huh, this is this is Sarah's like ploy where she's just like, hey, by the way." Have you gone to the hotel? And they're like, no. They're like, eh, probably maybe you should in. go. Yeah. Okay. Let's <laughs> stop. <laughs> just, yeah. She's just like totally like, yeah, whatever. Check it out. And then, of course, the whole like, I'm in room 2C. Like, come get me in a couple hours, which feels, yeah, I don't know. They go to the front desk. We'd like to talk to the person in 2C. We haven't had a 2C in this hotel for 25 years. Like it was... They should have cut out that front desk scene for sure. <laughs> so silly. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. Why, why, would they, why would they go to the hotel without all three of them watching all this footage first together? Like, why wouldn't they do that? It's still going to be there. No, no, no. Remember, it was, still uh, be there. We, ha- we have to break in before this certain time because it was oh, still It's 5 a.m. Okay. Yeah. It's the spookiest time to go, after all. And so... Yeah, I thought I thought that part, the whole like <laughs> Diane going into the hotel to finish and, and get more sacrifice, I was just like Okay, you kinda Lamb lost to the me a little slaughter. bit. Movie. Lamb to the yeah. slaughter. <laughs> kind of a shitty investigative journalist, as you said, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in again, incurious. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's everybody For... in this movie. Everybody was mm-hmm. incurious. Yeah. 
and just way too willing to blame it on like a person they don't like which again maybe is a metaphor <laughs> right scapegoating i, I i've yeah. alluded to it a few times but i really want to like get your thoughts on it too though it's just like i was so impressed and totally discombobulated by this hotel it, yes okay. it's like so way there's like it looks from the outside there's like 30 rooms in it and from the outside it looks like there's maybe like seven how how is it possibly as big as it is on the inside? So actually, this this maybe will help you hmm. uh, help with the disorientation. But I don't know if you remember a few Halloweens ago at the club that I used to work at. That's no longer there. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. We had a we had a haunted house. We put we turned the whole club into a haunted house. Right. And the way we achieved a sense of death and a uh, death, a sense of depth. <laughs> And like, uh, I'm afraid I don't uh, know what you're talking about. <laughs> that was a that's a little slip. Uh, but was like like we made these sort of artificial corners and artificial like sharp turns and stuff, so it felt very labyrinthine. And I thought that I, I just I guess assumed that's what they had done in this hotel. Like they had a dining room that was maybe it looked that big, but maybe they built like a a fake wall to divide it and then have like a second room, so it could feel like a little bit bigger and a little bit more disorienting with with turns and twists and and like because we i don't know alex did you bring the kids there one of the i don't think i don't know if i I didn't go to came down no it was really cool but like we had like smoke machine and strobe lights and like all the stuff and like the way we did it was that's what i'm talking about was like we hung garbage bags like we we Mm -hmm. cut garbage bags sort of to lengthen them out as much as possible and made like artificial walls and then covered those up so it didn't look quite like garbage bags but it was still like you're walking through this maze and every so often there'd be like you know there'd be like a chair with a with like a spooky spider on it or whatever and it was like oh geez oh that's scary (laughs) and like the idea is i think because you're so like your adrenaline's pumping you're not taking stock of like where you are in space and you're just kind of like i gotta get out i gotta go this way i gotta go and so you don't pay as much attention to all the twists and turns and like this this place feels bigger than it should be because like walking through it when you're like forced to go in like a little maze i i was like there's no way this feels like the same size club that i'm in because Mm-hmm. You know, we worked out of a tiny little Echo trailer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, it felt like twice as big. So I think maybe that's what they were doing. That's just my opinion. Yeah, definitely. And they, they orchestrated the tour to, to be like that. But I still think there's a limit to that. Like, I thought the inside of this felt like the building should have been maybe 10 times bigger than it was. No, that's it. Like, at least I'd say at least three or four times bigger. And also, and this was a really good cinemographic trick is that no matter what room the cast was in or the characters and they needed to get to a different room, it felt like they always had to walk through the whole house to get there, right? So it's like, imagine if I had to go, I'm in a bedroom right now recording. If I had to go to the bedroom next door, but I'm filming it, I have to walk all the way down to the basement and then all the way back up to, (laughs) to get there. And that also somehow... There's no choice but to do that through the physical barriers of the house. Like, I just was so mm-hmm. off-put by how everything was always at the other end of the house, no matter what room you were in. How did that happen, yeah. right? And, well, I, and it, it really was, added to the atmosphere of the house or the hotel. Because yeah. it's very, it is very haunted house-esque, right? Like, when, mm-hmm. when, when you're going through a haunted house, like, there's shitty ones, but there's also good ones. Like, but regardless, you don't know specific, you don't really know where you are 
relative to like the building itself. Like I've I've done a haunted house where it, it's in a mall and my sense of location is just completely off, right? I don't have any context to where I am relative to the start and relative to the finish. Mm-hmm. But I'll, I've also done one where it's like in a house and the way that they like, like, cause every haunted house has like a specific path that you have to take. It's not like a yeah, free man. for all. Right. So even, even in a, it's not open world haunting house. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but like, even in, in a house where I'm like, okay, like looking at this house on the outside, there's, there's probably, a, there's a basement, there's a main floor, there's an upstairs, there's probably a backyard. Like, even when I was doing the house one, I'm like, I don't know where I am relative to start, where I am relative to the finish. It feels like it's whining nonstop. But then mm-hmm. I'm sure if you looked at, at it from like a, like a bird's eye perspective, you're like, you can easily map it out. But just because your, your senses are so overwhelmed when you're walking through it that you can't really think about anything else other yeah. than what's immediately in front of you. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it it... it, it perfectly works out that that was the thing that fucked with you in this movie luke is mm-hmm. like the sense of space because if i i don't know anything about building haunted houses but like if i'm sure like that's one of the concepts that mm-hmm. like the pros do is like how can we mess up this person's sense of time and space and yeah. not know have them not know where they are relative to the start and finish and you know we're overloading their senses with like, other things so they're not even thinking about that so that when they mm-hmm. finally get through it's like wow that felt like 30 minutes when we're, in reality it was probably just five Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. it was it was awesome. Like, yeah, yeah. One of the strongest parts of this movie was the filming of it. Absolutely, the the haunted house part and the filming of those parts were so good, and they were so yeah, they're so spooky and effective. And even even the cheesy mannequins and stuff were effective. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just saying, and I loved that it was like a Victorian design, and not like mm-hmm. a Shakespearean, not a Shakespearean one, because this movie had nothing to King Lear. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> Boo! <laughs> it did look cool. Yeah. And I said this before we started recording, but it's yeah. called the Abaddon Hotel. And mm-hmm. before they reveal it in the narrative, I'm like, I'm pretty sure Abaddon is the name of a demon. Like a, yeah. a lot of demons' names start with A. Like the demon in Fallen is Azazel. And. Mm-hmm. And uh, I looked, I said this off air too, but it's uh, an old Hebrew word for place of destruction Mm -hmm. as well, Abaddon. So, you know. Yeah. Ominous. Uh, The the writing was on the wall, you might say, in this one. Literally. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So, okay. Do we have any final thoughts before our scariest parts or do you just want to jump into scariest part? Mm. Oh, wait. I want to talk about why didn't they? Okay. My my final thought I'm really quickly going to say is like. Take Paul to a hospital. Okay, the end. Like, take him to a hospital. He's yeah. not acting normal. Like, get a doctor to look at him. Okay. Mm-hmm. Any other final thoughts? Well, yeah. Like, there was... <laughs> you never want to blame the victim. But there was more than mm-hmm. enough opportunities for the people in this movie to get away safely. And they aggressively decided not to take any of them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot, Alex. I, I, I'm preempting my scariest part, but, like... Paul has things on the camera that are clearly not good. And it's just luck that nobody watched the camera after he got possessed because mm-hmm. that was pretty fucking obvious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're going to look at this, they said, to, you know, for posterity and for like for planning next year. So maybe the the idea was they didn't watch it live or they didn't review anything. But even still, Paul should be like, yeah, guys, check out all of this weird shit that's happening, including... The person that shows up in my room a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so uh, so any final thoughts about Hell House LLC, Luke? I, I just liked it. 
I, I think it was a it. polished, intelligent, polished. Yeah, scary. There was scary parts. It wasn't an overwhelmingly scary movie, but I, yeah, it was a, mm-hmm. a really good first entry into this month's theme of movie horror movies that are scary. <laughs> yeah, it's a good job, Alex. I, I just think, yeah, the the premise of it, a haunted house being haunted, is super cool. Just because, so simple. You're you're just primed to be scared, right? Every. Mm-hmm. Every corner that you turn, you're just like, oh, shit, there's a mannequin. But, oh, that was put there on purpose by the people of the movie. So I shouldn't be afraid of it, but I was. Every t- mm-hmm. every time the like the camera just moved through it and you saw, you know, the little Hector playing piano or there was, like, the the, sh- the shitty toilet, you know, there, it's just like... The diners, the, hotel, the dinner guests. Yeah, I'm supposed to be scared by this, but I saw that it was placed here, so I shouldn't be. But then... Mm-hmm. The the clown mannequin is part of the scares, but you know, like also the simple thing is like the head can't turn. Mm-hmm. That was so scary when the heads turned. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah, then like it, I really liked how they didn't just like be like yeah the heads can't turn like one of them actually physically walked up and tried to turn like, the head and it's like yeah, yeah this head doesn't turn so it was a a lot of good showing and telling mm-hmm. you know. All right, so then Alex scariest part if you please and i'm excited for this month's scariest parts of the movie oh there were a lot of scary parts in this movie but i think the one that stuck with me is the one right before paul gets i guess abducted or whatever mm. and he's there. there's like he, he he does his kind of little vloggy thing where he's like lying on his mattress with the camera facing towards him but you see out the door Mm-hmm. also i don't understand people that sleep with the doors open i i, I can't do that i i just can't close your door, close door. <laughs> yeah turn off the scary red light as well yeah <laughs> why is that on all night long paul yeah but like you're, you're kind of primed quite like to keep looking behind because the door's open and it, it showed up a few times where you know there was that figure that walked in behind him that he was like mm-hmm. who's that and then they just walk out and, and he just assumes it's later. sarah yeah. yeah, and it could have been because uh, she was sleepwalking. We don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. but then, yeah, my scariest part is when he, when the, I don't know who it was, like some kind of ghost, some kind of demon. I assume it was maybe the, uh, in the lore of the hotel, the mother or the daughter that went missing. Mm-hmm. She's just sitting there on the side of the wall, and he so doesn't. Scary. He doesn't notice it for a long time. Yeah. Right. And then when he finally knows it, he freaks out and he like he throws like he's he's underneath the the covers. It, yeah. It's that brought me so like gave me such good flashback like flashbacks to like the primal fear of a child of being scared of something while you're sleeping and mm-hmm, just hiding mm-hmm. underneath the covers. Absolutely. And not wanting to come out, but then you have to come out to check that it's okay. So when he finally, like, when he peeks out and she's still there, like, that was and so... she's looking at him. <laughs> yeah, so scary. Really yeah. well done. And it wasn't a jump scare, per se, you know? Because she was there the whole time. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, she. this is just a scare. Like, yeah, it, I'm scared. It, would, it both was and wasn't a jump yeah. scare. It was a jump scare for Paul, but not for us. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that was my scariest part of the movie. What, okay, what about you, Luke? It's Mine's the exact same. I That whole sequence mm-hmm. was just like cinema cinematic gold for trying to orchestrate mm-hmm. a scary scene because yeah we mm-hmm. see her and then paul sees her 
but as like we have a good view of her before Paul sees her, but as soon as he sees her, we lose track because the camera goes down and it's like under the covers. Yeah. And it's like, at first I'm like, what did he leave the camera and he left the room? Like, cause that's what I would have done. I was just fucking, I'm yeah. out of here, <laughs> but no, he <laughs> hides under open. so that just go <laughs> so that he reverts like back to some sort of primal way of dealing with fear, which is hiding under the blankets. I was like, what, this yeah. is what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, you can't so see me. I can't see you. <laughs> and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I liked too, because the movie got the better of me in this situation in a jump scary way is that usually in these f- movies, when we've seen something and then the camera moves, and then it's gone. And it's happened before in this movie, right? Like, you look back, the clown's gone, right? It's so, I was primed for that ghost lady to not be there, right? Mm-hmm. And so when she was again, I, I, it was a jump scare for me because I assumed <laughs> yeah. she'd be gone. Like, that's what the movie had done already. And the makeup of her eyes and face was incredible. Mm. Like, it was, yeah, it was so striking. scary. Because the look on her face was kind of placid. She wasn't, like, growling or anything, but the colors of her eyes and how close, like just before we'd seen her like at the other side of the room, but now she's right there. And, mm-hmm. oh, I was looking through Ranger's hair for sure <laughs> at that point in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I got to, okay, I got to honorably mention the clown. So scary. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very frightening. Uh, just all the ways that it set him up. And the fact that he never really did more than like appear and stand still and like move his head. It was never like a point where they got close and then it was like, ah, jump and grab or anything. If if this was uh, an it movie, the clown would have like opened its mouth, started shrieking and running towards you. But this it would it, like, yeah. yeah, turn into a big spider crab and you'd be like, okay, that's <laughs> stop it. Yeah. That clown was very scary, but like not like. If that scene in the bedroom with Paul hadn't been in the movie, it would be the clown all the way. But I got a hand to that lady, just that like creepy ghost lady, like fully the scariest part of the movie. The part where I had to be like, they're just making a little movie. They're just making a movie. They're just, they're just friends making a movie. It's fine. Like, oh, such a such a good scare. And we have been lacking in good scares in our movies. And, you know, yeah, I mean, having like, a couple of weeks off, we're not watching them as much. How? Like maybe it's like a bit fresher, but yeah. Good scare. To me, this this specific scene stands out of like any movie we've done for maybe mm. not literally the scariest, but probably the most well crafted scary scene. To bring like the crafting super earned as well, yeah. right? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, that's good. That's good. All right. Whew. So <laughs> good scares, good films, but we don't know what we're rating it out of. So Alex, could you help us out? And then give us your rating. Well, I'm surprised this never happened, but we're going to rate it out of five lawsuits against the LLC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There should have been some lawsuits. <laughs> hey, so maybe something happened in Queens, but again, we don't talk about that. We don't talk we're about that. How are you going to have a lawsuit without any evidence? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Until the ghost gives you evidence, Alex, you can't have a lawsuit. Hey, until until the cops stop covering it up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So five lawsuits. Okay. What do you, what do you go I think I think you both know how I, I've felt about found footage movies. I, I've been a little bit bored of them. I feel like a lot of it's recycled, but like this one was kind of a breath breath of fresh air for the found footage mm. genre for me. It didn't do anything unique or groundbreaking, but it was like super simple premise that worked really well. A fairly tight plot, and I really liked the documentary style where it had tons of different points of view and perspectives so it wasn't like it didn't Mm -hmm. drag on for a long time with one thing it was 
gave me something different another time. And this was a genuinely scary movie. So yeah, I I I enjoyed this movie. I'm glad I picked it. I'm glad we watched it. Uh-huh. I'm gonna give it three point nine lawsuits out of four. F- mm. Five <laughs> out of four. Wow. Out of, <laughs> That's a really out good of score. Five lawsuits. <laughs> yeah, that is a great score. Nice. <laughs> okay, Luke, what's your rating? I liked most of this movie. The only things I think were that were a little off-putting to me was the acting. I thought it was a little bit at times amateur yeah. and unnecessarily over the top and uh, some of the decision making which is not unique to this movie of things i don't like in horror movies so the acting and the decision making were the two main things i didn't like but everything else mm-hmm. like this might be the second best found footage we've done after wreck i think mm, in terms yeah, of there. its quality of i think with found footage it's not as obvious when you've done it well or poorly cinematically you really have to peel back the layers of what the camera work did in that movie to differentiate it from other ones. Cause it's a lot of like shaky handheld moving around. And, but this movie was just so tight and polished. And I wonder how many takes they had to do for some of these. Cause they got mm. like the perfect off center shots for a lot of things. And that's not easy to do. So I was really impressed with yeah. the cinematography of this movie. And I, the, the plot was great, but the unexplained parts too where there's a couple the motif the lovecraftian motif and the kind of revelations the hell and satan part of the bible those were both like kind of just deftly a small bell was deftly rung in the abaddon hotel three times by that and uh i really enjoyed that because as i think i've said like folklore is probably my favorite genre Mm. of horror movies and there was just a little bit of folklore in this and that was cool so all that on board i'm going to give this 4.25 lawsuits out of five oh wow yeah i liked it nice yeah it was it was a fun time i'm glad we watched it i would be lying if i said it was my favorite movie that we've done or watched (laughs) i mean i'd be lying too (laughs) yeah Yeah. me too (laughs) I, i i think that the the scares were very well done and the tension was very well done for me though i think the unanswered questions, the little teasing things with Alex, and the sort of incuriosity to to answering those or having some way to to give the audience an answer, even if it was like, "Hey, we found a journal and it said, blah blah blah." You know, I wrote down what could what could Alex ha- be dealing with, and I wrote, "It's because he's dying. Uh, it's because he's pregnant. <laughs> he was going to war. It was two thousand nine. Maybe he's being shipped out." And then finally, because it was a 2009 movie, maybe it was climate change. Like that's mm. maybe, you know, yeah. could have been <laughs> could have been the reason. Probably climate change. So anyway, uh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably climate change. He is climate change. So it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, but I am going to I think it does lose a couple marks for that. So I'm giving this one a 2.9, just shy of a three out of mm. five for me. But 2.9 lawsuits out of five for me. And yeah, that's. That's Hell House. Yeah, and as we'll my see. Discord name says, it's not a Hell House. It's a Hell Home. I mean, technically, it's a Hell Hotel. A Hell Tell? Mm. Hell Tell. <laughs> hell, hell, hell House is where the Hell Heart is? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Hell home, hell. hell home is where the Hell Well, actually, Hell is. House is where the gate is. So I guess it's also in Paris from As Above, So yeah. Below. Oh, there we go. Maybe that's why it was so windy. It was part of the Paris catacombs. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> I think that, okay. along with climate change, is the most logical reason for what's happened in this movie. <laughs>
<laughs> sure. That makes sense. Okay. Well, there we go. That's Hell House. It's time now to move into the something to cheer section. What are we cheering this week? This October? How are we, what are we cheering to start the month off, Alex? Well, since it's, it's October, but in the present just time. Per, just pretend. <laughs> yeah. In the present time, it is not October. Not October. But I am, I guess it'll be very public knowledge by the time this comes out, but mm. I, not very public. It'll be semi-public. <laughs> My sister gave birth a couple weeks ago, Yay. and I am now the proud uncle of this little Little shrimp, shrimp baby, <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Juan Kenobi. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's that's my cheer. Oh, um, that's awesome. Oh, congrats. She's super cute. Uh, actually, that's not true. I don't think babies are that cute. <laughs> um, she she's she's a she's a bundle of joy. Is what mm, I'll say. There, yeah. there we go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's my cheer. Awesome. <laughs> that's cute. great cheer. What are you cheering, Luke? I'm going to take a gratuity here and have an honorable mention and a cheer. So my honorable mention is actually podcast related, this podcast related. The other night at Trivia, one of the categories was movies. And there were three questions that I only got because I do this podcast with the two of you. Question one was, (laughs) what is the name of the camp that Friday the 13th is set at? And I wrote Camp Crystal Lake. And I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't done this podcast. The second question is, what colors are Freddy Krueger's sweater? And I only know that because oh. I do this podcast with you two. Oh, yeah. I even wrote green and black? dark red and dark green. Dark red and green. It's red and green. Okay. Yeah. But I wrote dark red and dark green because I knew it. Because actually, hilariously, I know that more from Scream than from yeah. Nightmare on the Street. <laughs> and then the, the last one was, what actor is the Michael Myers mask modeled after? And uh, I helped my team out with that? three questions that I would not have known if I didn't do the Nothing If Your podcast. So I wanted to throw that out What was out the answer there. to the third one? William Shatner. It's William Shatner mask. Oh. Uh, okay. But the actual cheer, and I mean, this will be kind of dated when this comes out, but we were talking about it a little bit. I've said it a few times, but I'm cheering the TV show Better Call Saul. It wrapped mm, up good show. This, this month in August, the series finale. The last three episodes really intertwined beautifully with Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. There was there was one scene in the penultimate episode between Kim and a Breaking Bad character that I did not see coming, and it was so yeah. awesome and really just like, you know when a show gives you something you didn't know you needed, but as soon as you get it, you knew you needed it. It was just awesome. Mm. And the last episode was just beautiful. Some great cameos. And... A cameo of a character from Breaking Bad that I felt got a little bit not what was deserved of that character in the end, just in the sense that we've had the El Camino movie, the whole Breaking, all of Breaking Bad, and then Better Call Saul. And there was the one character from Breaking Bad that made a cameo in the last episode (laughs) that I adored. I was so happy. I didn't expect it, and it was so good. Would it be uh, too much of a spoiler to say that... Maybe she finally knows what a mineral is by this point. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was a good show. Yeah. I, I'm really glad that I finally, uh, managed to watch it. Amy was watching it and convinced me to like get back onto it. Because like, I had been watching it on Netflix when it comes out like a year after it would air on AMC yeah. in Canada because streaming rights are stupid bullshit. So I... You know, they finally dropped season five on to Netflix earlier this year as season six was starting to air. So I was able to catch up on season five and then I got access to a VPN mm. and 
British Netflix has Better Call Saul like the day after it airs. Yeah. And so it was nice to just sort of watch it. And th- the fact that the Breaking Bad universe like started in 2008 and it was just like yeah. this like golden age of television like really really truly the golden age of tv and saul and mike were these like secondary kind of goofy characters well, not goofy but like yeah. saul was very goofy and not that and like just wow the context of him now is so good mm-hmm. yeah yeah so that's a good cheer but uh but yeah my cheer this week is despite the fact that i spent the whole week recovering from covid19 i got to do it with amy and so not like not having to be alone and having people take to take care of and take care of you is been great said that our vacation plans got a little bit scuttled not a lot of uh not a lot of chances to go out in public obviously but you know we did we did leave the hotel room a couple nights ago at like it's like nighttime we drove for two hours to see this like sort of platform that's just shaped like a cow it was just like here's a weird roadside attraction and mm-hmm. we wanted to go stargazing so it was like a nighttime drive nobody's on the roads nobody's like walking past you in hallways so we felt safe like masked up and like getting out to the hotel and just driving out in the countryside and looking at the stars was just like that was a real real cherry on the top of the sunday that is having a having a virus but yeah it was good and i'm cheering that this week Woo! holy cow yeah it's just a big cow like literally (laughs) it's just like you know how, like, in Drumheller, there's a big dinosaur? Yeah. This one, there's just a big cow. Moo. That was fun. I definitely thought we were going to get murdered, though, because it was very off the side of the road. There was mm. one car just in the parking lot with nobody in it and, like, nobody else around. And it was just like, okay, we'll check the back seat when we get back in the car. But uh, <laughs> no, no murders, please. Maybe a stranger will offer to give you a ride. Yeah, that'd be easy. Yeah, so... That's that. All right, we'll we'll get to what we're watching next week in a second. I'll just take time to pay some bills. Uh, so thank you, everyone, for <laughs> for listening. Thank you for downloading the show. Thank you for supporting us while we were on our little hiatus in September. We hope you enjoyed all the bonus content that came out during that month. And yeah, thank you to everyone who supports the show. If you would like to do so, you can do that a number of ways. The easiest way is just to leave us a rating or review on iTunes or Apple Music, wherever you get your podcasts spotify does ratings now check us five stars it helps us out more than you know word of mouth also helps tell people about it share it around and if you have a little bit of money that you would like to give to us to keep making the show we have a patreon it is called uh, patreon.com slash nothing to fear as little as a dollar a month you can get into the patreon and there are some sporadic bonuses but we try to put some stuff up in there and most recently we had the call for patrons to ask us anything and uh boy did you and you've you've you have heard that that episode before this anyway but uh, (laughs) it was a great record i really enjoyed recording Uh, that one i didn't like that one question in particular yeah 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 but the other ones were okay. I knew you'd have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so p- patreon.com slash nothing to fear. You can do that. It helps us out a lot. And yeah, you can also follow us on social media. Nothing to fear podcast on Instagram. NTFpod on Twitter. I'm at Billy by Design on Instagram. And or no, I'm not that anymore. I'm at Design Billy on Instagram and Twitter. And you can get a hold of what Luke is doing. How can they do that? Through the internet. Podcast apps of Through your choice. Internet. The Liberal Soul or Really True Fiction, Full Spectrum Cinema, 
in Nelson, BC. I am very happy to say that, again, podcast time is weird, but the next movie we're going to talk about for that show is Fern Gully. I chose Fern oh, Gully hell to yeah. talk about. Mm, good <laughs> so, choice. Yeah. Good choice. That's fun. And Alex, where can people catch up with what you're listening to? You can follow me on Instagram, one song a day, all one word, one spelt with a W-A-N, and I'll post a song there every day. And you can follow the playlist where I add the music to it. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Alrighty, so next week, it's my pick, and I thought I'd go back into the the work of a modern horror master. Uh, we've encountered him a couple of times. Mr. Mike Flanagan mm. uh, directed Hush. He directed uh, the Ouija movie that turned out to be more scary than I thought. And this one I've heard is about a spooky mirror, but we're going to watch Oculus. Ah, yeah. so I've heard of this one. That's what we're watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then cool. uh, upon reflection, we'll talk about it. <laughs> upon reflection, we'll talk about it. <laughs> but... That's a perfect way to end it. So uh, I'll say goodbye. Luke and Alex, goodbye. Have a wonderful week. Same to you. Bye. And remember, folks, they're just movies. There's nothing to fear.